0: Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In, brought to you by Geek Vibe Nation. On today's episode, we are going to announce the nominees for the first ever Whiskey Awards. We're also going to talk about, uh, do a trailer reaction to Ryan Reynolds' new movie coming out next year, Free Guy. And then we are going to review Ryan Reynolds and Michael Bay's new movie on Netflix 6 Underground. And then we're going to unveil our top five favorite movies of Michael Bay. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime here and co-host, Jacob. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? Not too bad. I was a little wordy to start the show, but it's all right. It's getting better. It's getting better. (laughs) It really is. It's just like I try to write it out and then somehow I still manage to skip the words. But I'm really excited, man. Like we compiled all of the votes together from everybody and we have some interesting choices in all these different categories. I'm excited to talk about the categories that kind of you and I created ourselves because there's some fun choices in that. But uh, first, we are going to talk um, about the Free Guy movie. All right, folks, now for the trailer uh, reaction segment brought to you by NashvilleNoise.com. Folks, check out NashvilleNoise.com for all your latest in music, fashion, movies, TVs, and so much more. Jacob, are you ready to – this is my first viewing of this trailer, so I'm kind of excited. I like Ryan Reynolds, but I feel like Ryan Reynolds is playing the same character in every movie. So are you ready, buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm ready to see it again.
0: All right, three, two one and play the studio that rocks the beauty of the beast Aladdin and the Lion King alright two out of three ain't bad Superman this is a Disney movie You said it, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Everybody down on the ground. Hey, bud, you ever think that there's gotta be more? More than what? <laughs> the stuff we do day after day. <laughs> Being shot at? <laughs> Run over? No. Taking hostage. Everybody down on the ground. Today's gonna be different. This isn't you. You don't do this, man. Maybe I do. No, no. Dude, this is scary. <laughs> He's just resting. In hey, pieces. That man is dead. <laughs> He's
1: so sad.
0: but <laughs> it's just so scary.
1: Recreational drugs feel like?
0: A guy, this world, it's a video game. And it's full of bad guys. I'm a rule breaker. I'm a rattle chick-chick-chick-snaker. Hey. We need what you to, to be the good guy. Your pocket no what it's two bucks oh I'm not gonna be the good guy I'm gonna be the great guy okay
1: well enjoy your lifetime supply of virginity <laughs> off you go <laughs> so easy. You know what? I I really like that. I I told you. I mean, yeah.
0: It looks like – the look, it's coming out 4th of July weekend. It is the perfect time for a summer blockbuster where I can sit back, put my feet up, have a little tub of popcorn, have a nice little Sprite on the side with a little ice, and just – Enjoy the movie. Like you just you do, that's one of those movies. You take the critic hat off, you put it to the side, and you just enjoy it. I think it looks fantastic, to be honest with you, man.
1: Yeah, no, I think it looks great. I mean, it looks it's so funny. It uh, it's the even from the beginning where it said we brought we brought you Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> Aladdin, and the Lion King twice. Uh, I mean, it just it seems so like self-referential. I mean, it kind of knows it's one of those things where it knows what it is, and it's just gonna be. You know, it's just going to be a fun movie to go watch. And, you know, it's it's an interesting take on – it's kind of like what the Lego movie did um, where they took, like, a guy who wasn't involved with everything and put them in the spotlight. And that's what they're doing here. And, I mean, to me, I think it looks hilarious. I think it's, it's probably going to be – I mean, I can't say if it's going to be good or bad, but it'll be a fun time to do it. But
0: it looks like one of those movies that could be, like, good-bad. You know what I mean? Like, there's a such thing yeah. of that. Like, I think that sometimes we get caught in a stigma of, especially this time of the year, where it's like, man, every movie we watch right now is just knocking it out of the ballpark. And, uh-huh. it, you know, it that, that's the perfect time for that type of movie I'm excited oh, yeah. for. It. And I think—
1: it's definitely, it's definitely going to be a perfect time, especially in July, where we finished the front half of the year where— The movies are terrible surprises or they're Marvel movies. And then it's right before the back half of the year where it's all award contenders. So it'll be that nice. It'll be that nice film. Just go turn your brain off, sit down and just have a fun time for an hour, hour and a half to two to two hours. You know, it's just one of those films. You can just go sit down and be like, I need a rest from everything that's going on. Let's take a two hour rest.
0: All right, folks, Jacob and I are super excited to announce the nominees for the first ever Whiskey Awards. Obviously, we are giving away our first ever Music City Drive-In comeback performance. Uh, Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy, that's fantastic. I'm excited about that. And then, of course, the Music City Drive-In most moving performance for Zach Gotsukin and Peanut Butter Falcon. All right, Jacob, kick us off for the first nominations. What do you got for us?
1: So first up, we've got the Geek Vibes Nation slash Stan Lee Award for the Best Comic Book Movie. And the nominations are Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, Joker, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Shazam. Um, I think each of these movies deserve to be in here. I think... That's a stretch. Uh, I think I think they all deserve to be in here. I think it's a, a three-way race for the winner. Um... But yeah, I mean, I think this is a, gr- a great category.
0: Yeah, I think what I think these might be the only f- uh, five comic book movies came out this year. I was r- tallying up the votes and figuring out a way that I could leave Captain Marvel off the ballot because it was a terrible uh, movie. Um, I really not just, true. It was terrible. Every time I think about that movie, I literally knock it down half a star. Every time I think about it, so actually, I just thought about it. I might go knock it down another half a star since we're talking about it.
1: Not sure. It was. It was. It was good for what it was and it you know it didn't it didn't ruin too much and it didn't bring too much either. I thought it was just a very good, very solid film.
0: Bree Larson was terrible in it.
1: Great. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, folks, the next award we're going to announce the nominees for is the Drive-In Award. The movie that needed to be seen in theaters. We have nominees 1917, Ad Astra, Avengers Endgame, Ford versus Ferrari, and Parasite. Jacob, your thoughts?
1: Uh, I agree. Um, You know, for me, like I've said, uh, I probably said on the podcast, I know I've told Ricky, for Parasite, for me, the first time I saw it in theaters was so just mind blowing. Um, And I think I kind of lost a little bit of that when I saw it at my home personally. Um, But I agree. Parasite needed to be seen in theaters. Ford vs. Ferrari needed to be seen on the biggest screen possible. Avengers Endgame needed to be seen on the biggest screen possible. Ad Astra needed to be seen on the biggest screen possible. And the same with 1917. We luckily got to see an RPX the first time we saw it. And I don't think I will ever see it again, like the same way again. I mean, I'll I'll probably watch it and still love it just as much uh, seeing it on a regular screen or seeing it on my... You know TV, but seeing it in that loud, uh, high quality, big screen, I mean, I think all of these are perfect.
0: Yeah, I can't disagree with these at all. Uh, Parasite, I actually rewatched over the weekend, and it's kind of solidified itself as not just one of my favorite movies of the year, but one of the best in the decade. Um, The rest of these, I mean, Hardcore, I've seen every single, I saw every single one of these movies in theaters, whether they were good or indifferent, it doesn't matter. They you know they deserve to be seen in theaters. What do you got for us for the next award, Jacob?
1: So the next award we've got is the Hangover Award for Best Comedy. <laughs> and the nominations go Book Smart, Good Boys, Dolomite is my name, Knives Out, and surprisingly, the long shot. For the last one, um,
0: what's your take on this? Jacob, I'm really excited that The Long Shot made the list. you know what I mean? Oh, I yeah. Really loved I really love that too. movie. So when I was tallying up the votes of everybody's vote and it and it made it, I was like, this makes me so happy because this is one of those under-the-radar movies that not a lot of people saw that people aren't appreciating enough. And it was fantastic. And obviously the rest of these in this, well,
1: <laughs> not I exactly. I appreciate it. <laughs> Charlie's, Charlie's Theron gave her best performance of the entire year in The Long Shot.
0: Dolomite is my name was a fantastic movie. I've watched it eight times already. I'm not even kidding. It's made it in my top 10 movies of the year. Good boys was hilarious. I actually can't wait to rewatch good boys to see if it holds up as good as it did in theaters. And book smart is book smart, Jacob.
1: Yeah. Book smart's a movie. Um, (laughs) Good boys is a good movie. Dolomite is probably a little bit better movie for me. The best one out of this is knives out, but I can't wait to find out what everyone else thinks as well. Um, like I said, with long shot, uh, Seth Rogen was great. Charlize Theron gave her best performance of the year. I mean, it's it was a great film. I was happy to see it make it, and uh, I kind of I like all these.
0: All right, the boozy award, which is a movie you need to get a drink to get through. Um, I, to be honest with you guys, I am sad that this uh, we're announcing these tonight, obviously because we'll see cats, and cats probably would have been the number one vote. Actually, um, Kalina actually voted for this movie because um, she had seen it already, but. Uh, uh, the nominees are Ad Astra, cannot agree more. Captain Marvel, cannot agree more. Goldfinch, I haven't seen it, but Jacob will tell you great things about it. Hellboy and Ma. Uh, Ma was, I think, I'm going to write a disappointing movie of the year article. It's probably going to be the top five. It'll be released here you know, in the next couple of weeks, but Ma is probably going to be in that top five because it was so heartbreaking because I was really looking forward to that
1: film. Um, I was not looking forward to Ma, and surprisingly, so it was not good. Um, Hellboy, I I almost thought about leaving the theater to go get alcohol and bring back <laughs> to the theater and finish Hellboy. Um, Goldfinch is the same way, but just for how boring it can be. Uh, the top two, I Captain Marvel, I could probably drink through at Astra, not at all. I. Way too much into it. Ad Astro is a great film. Don't let Ricky uh, steer you otherwise. Hey,
0: this is not just a Ricky thing. There were several votes for this award. I think there, I think you got three votes out of, out of all of us. So, I mean, I'm pretty certain <sighs> it had to be voted. So we'll transition to another category. What do you got for us, Jacob?
1: So we've got the Nashville Award for the best music film. And I actually, I really like most of these. Um, the first nomination is Blinded by the Light. Uh, the second is going to be Frozen 2. The third is going to be Rocket Man. The fourth is going to be Wild Rose. And to finish it all up is Yesterday. Um, what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I – okay, so the only movie I haven't seen on here is Blinded by the Light yet. I still haven't seen it yet. Um, oh my gosh. I know. I'm really I'm really disappointed I haven't seen it because I've heard so many good things about it, so I can't wait to watch it. I have actually think I'm going to red box it or something this weekend because – I've heard so many great things. The rest of them are great. I mean, best music film. Wild Rose, we finally caught this past weekend. uh, is a phenomenal movie. I loved it so much. I really hope Glasgow gets nominated for an Oscar because I just want to see her perform that on the Oscar stage. But great category, great selection of movies, which transitioned into the Nashville Noise Award for best soundtrack. Um, Some of the same... um, movies wrapped up in here as well which obviously rightfully so the only difference here we got blinded by the light frozen 2, once upon a time in Hollywood "Rocket man and yesterday um Jacob what are your thoughts uh
1: I think the once upon a time in Hollywood is a bit of a surprise um you know it had a it had a decent soundtrack but no I I don't remember anything too much from it but anyways blinded by the light phenomenal soundtrack I mean how they used the whole uh how they used the whole um, Bruce Springsteen uh, aspect. I mean, some of the edits were great. I can't wait for Ricky to see it because he's he's going to love it. Um, and then the rest, I mean, yeah. I mean, yesterday the movie might not have been great, but it was all Beatles music. So I was perfectly competent with that. And then Rocket Man. Man, of course, with uh, all Elton John music as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, to be honest with you, let's be real. The Beatles were just kind of meh anyway. But... Uh, other than that, I mean, we're good to go. What do you got for our last award before we transition into some of the bigger
1: awards? So the last award is the Whiskey Award for Best Drinking Movie. Um, you know, for Ricky and I, this was an award. This is probably one of the first ones we actually thought of. And seeing some of these on here, I am actually pleasantly surprised with what we got. So first up, we've got Good Boys. Then we've got Ma, uh, Midsummer, The Lighthouse, and the long shot.
0: Yeah, I, 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 the first off, hands down, I, I think it, I literally could have put one movie down. And it was the Lighthouse. Ma, I think was creatively done with the drinking as well. But those would probably be one A, one B. But Lighthouse should probably, we'll probably win this in a landslide. To be honest with you, Jacob.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the Good Boys one—that was one I completely forgot. Like the whole second half of that film was about Based on uh, yeah. was about drinking. Yeah. So I was I was very pleasantly surprised with that one. Um, the Long Shot, I I don't remember too much. Part, but I g- well, I guess, party I guess there was they that took whole the shots scene to wear. Like
0: that they had that big party scene in the middle of that. movie, Yeah, that I remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's the last of our kind of Music City driving. Awards, and we're going to start getting into some of the more bigger awards soon.
0: Yeah, folks. So I want to transition real quick. I wanted to, I meant to do this on the front half, and terrible by me here, but I wanted to spend, send a special shout out to the individuals that have helped vote for these awards. Brandon Vick from SobrosNetwork.com. He's a fantastic, cool dude. We met him through the network of the Music City Film Critic Association. You can follow him at Twitter, at Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter. At Sir Brandon V. Also follow the Sobros movies at SobroMovies. And like I said, you can check out his work at SobrosNetwork.com. Christian from Film Optics Podcast, you can follow him at Uhlenberger7, and then actually at Film Optics. Kalina, obviously my co-host partner on the DiCaprio host. You can follow her on Twitter at Shut Up Kalina. And then K9 and Dom from GeekVibesNation.com our proud sponsor of the show. You can follow them at Geek Vibes Nation and then at King underscore Fitch. Thank you so much, guys, for participating. They, some of these guys are going to chime in when we have our big award announcement at the end of the year. I'm excited that they're a part of this. And that's the perfect transition right back into the categories. We're going to the big categories here. We got Best Supporting Actress. We've got our nominees of Florence Poe for uh, Little Women, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, Julia Fox for Uncut Gems, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, and Margaret Robbie for Bombshell. Jacob, your thoughts?
1: Uh, I was very glad to see Florence Pugh get on there, um, especially with Little Women you know, not coming out for a few more days. Um, Margot Robbie was good too. I really enjoyed her in Bombshell. I'm just glad she didn't get in for Once Upon a Time. But the big one for me is Julia Fox for Uncut Gems. I thought this was her first ever performance. I thought she gave an absolute knockout in it, and I'm very happy to see her get up on this Best Supporting Actress list.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the nominees as well. I, I, I didn't vote for Julia Fox, but at the same time, her performance was probably the you know second best of the entire uh, Uncut Gems behind uh, Kevin Garnett. So to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm excited for her, um, and obviously Florence Poe for Little Woman. She... She just won my heart over. I mean, she's had a just a phenomenal year this year, three just knockout great performances, and, and I'm excited that you know we can give her some sort of recognition for the amazing year that she's had. Mm-hmm. Jacob.
1: All right. So next up, we have the Best Supporting Actor award, um, and the nominees include Al Pacino from The Irishman. Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jonathan Majors from Last Black Man in San Francisco, Shia LaBeouf for The Honey Boy, and Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse. Um, I I agree with every single one of these. These are actually my top five supporting actors. Personally, uh, the Shia LaBeouf getting on there was, I love that, and then I love Jonathan Majors getting on there as well. I mean, I think those are two of the, I think those are two of the best supporting actor performances of the entire year, with Shia LaBeouf being my number one personally. Um, but I think this list is absolutely great. I love everything about it. What about you?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I was pretty excited. You know, when I'm tallying these votes, obviously Shia LaBeouf got a lot more love from just you and I. You know what I mean? I was kind of scared. Obviously, you know, when we have, I think I said count of eight of us total, you know, voting. I'm like, there's only two of you and me. You know what I mean? And then uh, the boat started coming in for Shad LaBeouf, and I was excited. I will say I am this I'm really just as excited. You know, Al Pacino's great. Brad Pitt's great. Defoe was great, which is nice to give him a little bit of love on here. But Jonathan Majors being on here makes my heart so happy. It makes my heart so so happy because that performance is going completely under the radar.
1: Um, that whole movie really, I mean, yeah. I, I think I saw it a second time and went back and gave it that uh that half star bump. Um just because, it, I mean, it is it is that good. I mean, it's it's not a movie for everyone. It's a very poetic and slow-moving film, and you really have to kind of pay attention to some of the more subtle nuances of the film, but it is absolutely phenomenal throughout.
0: All right, folks, we're going to transition into the Best Actress category. I think this is a this is a rock-solid uh, five with, I'd say, four out of five. But Charlize Theron for Bombshell, fantastic performance. Lupita Nyong'o for us. Renee Zangwiger for Judy. Uh, Sarcy Ronan for Little Women. And Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Jacob,
1: what are your thoughts? Uh, I, again, same thing with Florence Pugh. Uh, I'm really glad Sarsie Ronan got on this Best Actress list. Um, I mean, Little Women was such a surprise, not only for – me but for ricky as well i mean we've you can go back on some of the past podcasts and (laughs) say that we did not want this movie to be good and i just i remember i watched it and i said you know dang it dang it dang it i like it i like it more i really like it like just throughout the film i mean it's so it's so captivating and so charming uh it's hard not to like it um you know, Charlie's Theron, I'm glad she was on here. You know, like I said, she probably deserved it for the long shot. But uh, let's move on to Lupita Nyong'o. And that one is my favorite one on this whole thing. I hope Lupita goes on and wins every critic award. I hope she wins every big award, gets that Oscar nomination, just sweeps through her performance. The more I think about it, the more I love it. It's so incredibly captivating and moving. It's one of the best I've seen all year.
0: It's funny to me. I consistently say that she should be double nominated for both the performances in
1: that movie. I agree. She was yeah. so
0: good in that film. Um, to be honest with you, I agree with you. I was going to say the same exact that thing that you did. I see. I love seeing all this Little Women love because, for me personally, like we talked about. it. I mean, you could go back to even to the Eric Weber podcast when we talked to him and we sat there and said with him, we don't want Little Women to be good. Um, and that was we said the same thing about Richard Jewell, and Richard Jewell kind of fell in the middle creek there. I'm actually going to see that tomorrow, but um, that's a perfect transition for best actor. Jacob?
1: So in the best actor, we have Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and finally, we have Adam Sandler. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we have Robert De Niro for The Irishman. Oh. Um, of course, me, I would have loved to see Adam Sandler in this. I would have loved to see Adam Sandler, Taron Egerton, George McKay, any of those three over probably Eddie Murphy, Leo, or Robert De Niro. But it is what it is. I I like what we've got. Um, just like with every other single thing in the entire world, it's probably gonna come down to Adam Driver or Joaquin Phoenix uh, for that Best Actor um, win. So it's funny, as I'm
0: tallying at the votes, and um, Kalina was the last one to send them to me, and it was literally uh, three votes apiece, I think it was, or no, two votes apiece for De Niro and Sandler. So whoever whoever had, she had on her list, was going to be the nominee, and if it came down to a tie, we we had a tiebreaker scenario where he and I talked, Jacob and I talked about it. But
1: I should have put a veto
0: stamp down. I should
1: have, <laughs> I should have just said no. Nope, I'm I'm voting twice.
0: So it came down to that, and Kalina put Robert De Niro in her. I think she even put him in her number one spot. So De Niro got the edge over um, Adam Sandler for Murder Mystery, and I was very excited about that because I didn't think. Adam Sandler's best performance of the year um, in Murder Mystery deserved to be on this list anyway. So um, that's your transition perfect into best director. Um, this one I'm really excited about. Alma Harrell yep. for Honey Boy. Um, Bong joon hu for Parasite. Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Sam Mendes for 1917. Obviously for me, the pure joy of even talking about Alma being in here for Honey Boy um, the respect that not just given from you know Jacob and I because we have a massive amount of love for this film, but she was voted on with two other of our fellow uh, voters, and it was exciting because you know not only did she give just one of the best directing of any movie this year, just the respect that I've she's gained from us, or just from me personally for the way she stood up and has gone to battle with. Uh, You know, not just the Globes, but SAG and everybody else. And I appreciate what she's done. And she told, you know, she took one of the most beautiful stories there was of the year and just really captivate you in every single frame. And of course, you know, I'm part of the Bong Hive. I think Bearcite's the... Probably – I actually rated it my number one movie of the last decade. So I turned my uh, ballot in yesterday and I did put it number one. Um, bomb back. to be honest with you, I am showing – I am having a bigger appreciation. We've had this – Jacob, we've had this big battle on Twitter of everybody else talking about that one particular scene. And then obviously the, the conversation came out about the scene and everybody was like, oh, it's just another scene, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now here we sit. We're talking about it, and it's just beautifully done. And I just grow more and more appreciation for not just Bondbeck's direction, but also his writing in this film. It was a beautiful, write, beautifully written film, and I love every second of it. And of course, you have Tarantino and Mendez, both very much deserving to be on here. What were your thoughts, Jacob? Um,
1: yeah, no, I I love the Almas on here. Um, I think that's absolutely great. I think. Directing-wise, she gives probably my second favorite of the year, just behind what Sam Mendes did in 1917 was so just monumental, just on a directing like standpoint alone. Uh, Bong Joon-ho, I mean, Parasite is wonderful. You know, Quentin Tarantino is a guy who directed a movie about Hollywood, uh, and Noah Baumbach gave a very, very good uh, direction for Marriage Story as well. I mean, I know he, uh, Ricky was talking about it, but you know they they released the screenplay thing of uh, of the argument scene and just seeing how how good the actors were to not go off track and how w- well it was written and well it was you know shot to give you know each person their time and their you know camera I mean it was just it's a beautiful piece of you know tragedy basically and I'm I'm a fan of all these picks.
0: Yeah, me as well. And, and to, to round us off, Jacob?
1: And so for best picture, we've got, thank goodness, Honey Boy, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Marriage Story, and Parasite. Um, the only one I would personally take off is Jojo Rabbit, but that's just me. Very eh film, but the rest I am very pleased with, especially the Honey Boy uh, pick that's one I was very i was very weary on that one, but I'm glad that it made it in
0: yeah for me personally, I'm okay with these five um obviously Joker to me Joker's in my top five marriage story my the, the four of these five films are i think are in my top five so or at least in my top ten but Jojo Rabbit was phenomenal. I love that movie I watched it again and enjoyed it even more the second time I think I clocked in it at four and a half. Out of five stars, but it's a phenomenal
1: film. That's a star and a half too much.
0: (laughs) I know you didn't like that film very much, but it's okay, Jacob. I mean, at least it was a lot better than Uncut Gems. But folks, thank you so much uh, for listening to this portion of it. We're going to dive a couple weeks away. We are going to release the ballots to everybody. We're going to be posting these on Twitter as well, so look out for those. We're going to be announcing the winners – of this category sometime towards the end of the year. We're probably looking at not next podcast, the podcast after that. I'm excited to see who our critics and other folks are going to pick amongst this circle, but those were the nominees for the first ever. All right, folks, now it's time for Jacob and I to talk about the Netflix movie Six Underground. Michael Bay directed this film, He also produced the film. We have about seven or eight writers here. No, we got Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, and then let me tell you a little bit of story about what the movie's about. After faking his own death, a tech billionaire recruits a team of international operatives for a bold and bloody mission to take down a brutal dictator. Man, it sounds like that would be a damn good movie. Jacob, hit me with your thoughts on this wonderful film.
1: Um, you know that synopsis you gave me sounded, you know, pretty fine, but I want to know where any of that was in this movie. <laughs> there was there was none of that there. I mean, this was the quickest film. And by the way, are, are we just gonna do spoilers? I don't think yeah, there's any reason yeah. to do a spoiler. I think
0: everybody's already seen yet. this movie. I'm not gonna lie
1: to you. Okay, so like for me, it's like when that scene at the beginning where Dave Franco started doing the donuts around the thing and they kept saying, oh, you're going to hit the baby. Oh, you're going to hit the dog. That's when I instantly turned off and I said, all right, this movie is now going to be background noise for me. And I just sat there and everything just shut down. And I was like, I am just watching the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's, that's, that's really about it. i mean this was marketed as the most michael bay movie of all time that's not really a good or a bad thing it's just a thing that has happened And this movie is definitely a film that was released and is (laughs) way too long uh there's no reason this movie should have been over two hours long uh i mean hell they this is called six underground and six gets killed like six minutes into the movie. I mean, he gets thrown out of the car and I just like my, I just can't wrap my brain around what exactly happened. I mean, there was, it was filled with explosions. The scene that probably got me the absolute, like the absolute most is the scene where they started doing all of the, um, all of the movie references and, you know, Ryan Reynolds is telling them, he's like, Hey, you know, like, stop, stop saying the movie references, stop saying the references, yada, yada, yada. And he just kept saying them. And then out of nowhere, it does like the, the THX or whatever, the big, like, like big noise, like just for no reason, except just to solidify that they were doing movie references. I mean, this is so, it's, it's so crazy. And it's so like in your face, but at the same time, it is like just enough of self referential to where you're like okay like I can appreciate I can appreciate this for Michael Bay wanting to have a movie where he blows everything up and kills people and does absolutely stupid stuff. I mean, he's he's basically what Adam Sandler does, but instead of trying to get all of his friends to hang out in Hawaii, he just gets people to go make explosions. All
0: right. So, I want to s- make a bold statement here in saying that Adam Sandler is now off the hook for the worst movie that Netflix has ever put out, okay? Um the screenplay was awful. There's what is okay, so let me let me just get this real quick. Michael Bay and his whole thing, what's up with why he has to have those little sparkling fireworks behind I don't every think. explosion? I they don't... they just go off in the background for no reason
1: it's it's honestly it's honestly like he makes an explosion and someone at the exact moment is throw, shooting fireworks right behind it i and mean it's just they're literally holding no just...
0: what they're doing is they're literally holding The sparklers in their hand and waving them back and forth and then they enter this scene and they're just there. Like you see sparkles in a scene where there's not even sparkles supposed to be there. Like this just movie was so terrible. My problem is this. Look, I like Ryan Reynolds. I do. I love him. We talked about him earlier. That free guy looks movie, funny, looks whatever. Looks funny. Okay, there we go. But the one thing I loved about that trailer was that was the first movie that I have seen with Ryan Reynolds that he's not playing Deadpool. You know what I mean? Yeah, he played Deadpool in this movie. He played Deadpool in Detective Pikachu. I'm sorry. He did. You know, And, yes, it was just his voice or whatever. But you know what I mean by that. Like I am so just – I'm over. Like I like Deadpool. I love the movies. But can we stop with the Deadpool stuff? You know what I mean? Save Deadpool for Deadpool. But that's why I like the Free Guy trailer so much. So many things happen. But just nothing happens. You know what I mean? Like there's so many mm-hmm. things going on. And you're right. Like that was the first time I actually sat down and read this synopsis of the movie. And I'm like, when did any of this happen? Like you're right. It just – I don't know, man. This is one of the – it was probably one of the – it's not the worst movie of the year. OK? That's Lion King and Dumbo. And and there's several other movies like that.
1: But – And Tall Girl.
0: That's that. I didn't see that, but sure, that as well. And, and Miss Bala and Pet Cemetery. Okay, all right, I'm, I'm on a tangent here. But it was just bad, and it was bad for, and it's not a good bad. I saw somebody comment, like, man, this is the best movie ever. You know, and they're like, you know, Ricky, take your critic hat off. I'm like, I did. And then
1: I took it off, and then I got dumber because of it. Like, I, t- I, <laughs> I, got, took, <laughs> I took my critic hat off. I took my <laughs> critic shirt off. I took my critic pants off. I was standing
0: there, I, critic naked, okay? I was. And I still, for the life of me, hated this movie so much. God, it makes, like, I, if there was, I couldn't even figure out how to make an option to make a zero star movie on Letterbox, or I think I might have. I think, the, but I think I agreed to myself I would never give a movie that was made zero stars. So it got a half a star for me. Half
1: a star, Jacob. What did you give it? Uh, I actually gave it one and a half. Um, just for the okay. reasons that I said, I mean, wow. it's, going back and look. Talking about a movie big, that's
0: got one and a half too many stars, you were criticizing Jojo Rabbit a minute ago. The,
1: the sp- biggest thing, okay, hey, the biggest thing is, this film was not boring at any point. I mean, it might have gotten boring in the, uh, in whatever in the screenplay and the dialogue anything like that but there were so few like moments where nothing was happening and at the same time like I said it was very kind of self-referential for Michael Bay as a you know this is a Michael Bay movie I mean that's what they started that's what they started marketing it as now my issue is I don't want them to ever do this again and so I really hope that it doesn't get the amount of numbers or whatever. I mean, we know there's going to be, we know there's going to be a sequel. Um, there's probably gonna be seven really, of I these. Really Jacob, I really do not want. There's going to be
0: seven of them. There's going to be seven of these. Seven hundred trillion people watch this movie already, Jacob.
1: We know. No, that. see, see, listen, see. That's the thing is, I don't know because, okay, when when Irishman came out, there was there was discord about it. I mean, it was all over. Twitter, it was all over everything. When Marriage Story came out, there was Discord about it. It was all over Twitter, all over everything. When this movie came out, no one said a word. People said Six Underground sucks. And then everyone else said, I agree. (laughs) There was no like there was no like love or hate. Like this movie has stayed so relatively quiet. I mean, it's it seems like one of those films that would get released a big budget i mean this film had a 150 million dollar budget have a big budget behind it have you know um marketing behind it have the names behind it have everything behind it and then it flops at the box office and all the sequels get canned i think with it nope. being a netflix film i nope. think that kind of saves nope. the sequel aspect of it But at the same time, like I said, no one has talked about this movie. There's no more advertisements for it. I've not seen it advertised anywhere. It's been all over my Twitter. It's been all over my Twitter, like advertisement-wise. It literally has. Really, I haven't seen seen anything for it. And then everything I see is just Six Underground sucks, and then people just move on. I mean, Ryan Reynolds said the film came out, and then he instantly moved on. So I just hope – I hope this is one thing where it comes out – we watch it, we get a good laugh, you know, we say, Oh, this is a Michael Bay film and we just kinda of move on from it and don't look back at it ever in our entire lives.
0: Yeah, see that's the thing. I don't think that's gonna happen. I mean I was hoping that with this you know, the eighty five Transformers he came out with, they kept on getting worse as every movie transpired, but they kept on making $700 million in China, so they kept making the movies. So 700 million people in China are going to watch this movie, and then for some reason we're going to get six underground, seven underground, eight underground, 10 underground, 11 underground, 123 underground. Well, like-
1: I think I think the biggest thing will be is when Netflix releases their things that say – I mean Netflix released what? Murder Mystery had – like forty five million people watch it when the first like three days seven, Irishman had seven like seven trillion people watch the movie
0: already. Seven
1: trillion. I don't even know if there's seven trillion
0: people in the world.
1: But they uh, did. Well, no, but <laughs> uh, I will say, you know, one thing is Netflix doesn't record a watch unless someone's watched seventy percent of it. And I don't know how many people are going to get through 70% of this uh, movie. Plenty
0: of, I'm telling you, it's just like the Transformer movies. I'm telling it's, you, every person, this man, they just say Michael Bay and overseas, just their ears perk up. They'd rather watch a Michael Bay movie than they would watch, you know, little women. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it's, it's. it's. But see, that, at the
1: same thing, like going to see like a Transformers movie, going to see that in theaters, you go to see it because. It's loud. You can sit down and turn turn yourself off for a second. That you're not going to get the same thing. I mean, someone, you know, sitting at home on a box TV watching uh, Six Underground through their Wii U is not going to get the same effect as someone watching the worst Transformers movie on a loud screen with surround sound. And so, uh, that's that's the one thing where I just don't know. I just don't know how it's going to end up. Because it has, you know, we, we say all the time about how Netflix gives films like The Irishman, films like Dolomite Is My Name, gives them those, films like Roma, gives them those platforms to dis, uh, display their film. I don't know, with Six Underground, I don't know if that's going to help it. I think more it's going to hurt it. I think if this film was not released by Netflix and released by a studio, one, I think the studio will probably lose a lot of money. But two, I think that it would do a little bit better than if it was on netflix because i i just don't think 150 million dollars to make this type of movie that no one really asked for no one really cared for i mean when this movie was pegged as thundercats i think more people were excited for that than they were for what they ended up getting
0: yeah i don't know this is just it made me mad this movie is stupid i never want to talk about it again
1: transitioning into michael
0: bay's top five best movies give me your first or did you or did you list yours five through one, Jacob? I have, yeah, I have them. I okay. have. Uh, All right, give me give me your number five then.
1: Okay, my number five. Let me make sure. Let me make sure this is right. Okay, so my number five is actually it's very funny because I talked crap about it right before we got on, but because Michael Bay's filmography is so bad Fantastic. as a director. Uh, my number five is Pain and Gain. Um, Pain and Gain is a movie about people who do nothing but work out, and they get their gains, and they have pain, and it's the movie that got um, I can't even remember his name right now. Mark, uh, Mark, Wahlberg. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. It's the movie that got him jacked. Um, Anthony Mackie's in it. The Rock's in it. You know, it, it's just. If, if you get anything from Pain and Gain, it is after the film, you kind of want to go work out. So there's that at least. I remember watching this when I was in high school and I wasn't old enough to go see an R-rated movie yet. And uh, we went with one of my buddies and his dad and that whole uh, stripper scene came up and it was one of the most awkward experiences I've I've been a part of. I mean, it's it's a movie, it's a Michael Bay movie. It doesn't have as many kind of explosions. I mean, it still has them, but it doesn't have as many of the explosions or kind of in-your-face, loud moments. It's it's just people working out for two hours, and that's about the best you can get with that.
0: I like Pain and Game. Don't care what you're saying. I really like that movie. I thought it was very good. Coincidentally enough, it's my number five as well. So what is your number four?
1: So my number four is actually going to be uh transformers revenge of the fallen um that's the second transformers correct i think so yeah because the second one was still like decent the first the first one well we we might talk about that one later it's that might be a little spoiler but um the first one was was it was good and then the second one kind of just it was more. It was much more Michael Bay, but it's still built off of that same Shia LaBeouf's charisma, Megan Fox's charm. Um, it kind of built off that. The plot was absolutely stupid. Um, you know, you had the uh, the cube from the first one end up being the main plot of the second one as well. But uh, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. You know, it's it wasn't. He didn't hit that peak of. Awful, awful Transformers movies just yet, but still, it still—it still was Michael Bay. It still was not that good.
0: Yeah, to me, that's that didn't uh, coming in at number four for me was The Rock. I really like that movie. I like that movie a whole lot. I think it's a fantastic movie. Um, it's it's I I think that I might have underrated it to be honest with you, but looking at the movies that I've seen now, I don't think I did. I mean, you got a to star to the cast: Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage. Back when Nicholas Cage was actually good. I'm a big fan of David Morris. I think he's a fantastic actor. Ed Harris was in that as well. It's a fantastic movie. I liked it a whole lot. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's great. What you got for number three?
1: All right, so my number three is Bad Boys 2. Um, Bad Boys 1 was a lot of fun. And then Bad Boys 2, I mean, I love Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. I thought their charisma worked perfectly. I thought their chemistry worked perfectly. Um, I mean, this film opens up on Martin Lawrence and Will Smith breaking into a KKK meeting and killing everyone in the KKK meeting. Uh, You know, who 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 doesn't love that? Um, You know, it's it's a Michael Bay film. It's I've 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 come to find out that Michael Bay really builds his film off the charm of his. Uh, lead actors and these two have a lot of chemistry a lot of charm i mean there's a lot of quotable moments from this movie that have stuck with me um but yeah i think it's fine it's a michael bay film it's not great but it's it's one of the few films i've rated three stars or higher
0: bad boys 2 is phenomenal i love that movie i love them i can't wait for the new bad boys i'm super excited about it I, that's one of those movies that I don't need I can I'll throw my critic clothes off for that one I love bad boys too and the funny thing about it is it was actually my number three as well So that's kind of funny. Oh. that's kind of crazy how that worked out. So I'm a big fan of the bad boys franchise I'm excited for the new one. I really really
1: am. Uh, what do you got number two? So my number two is actually my number two and my number one or a strong toss-up for a long time um it it came down it came down to kind of what 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 the films were and what sparked from them. My number two is Thirteen Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Um I thought that film, you know, looking back on it, it still has those moments of just pure insanity and explosions, whatever. But I thought that was one of his best moments to tell kind of a, a a strong story of soldiers who had to endure terrorizing, uh, terrorizing times. Um, You know, John Krasinski's in it and he's great in the lead. I think this was one of the first like real films that gave him that kind of leading role uh, aspect. I know this is the film he had to gain, gain a lot of muscle for, and I know that that has kind of helped his career uh, leading on. I mean, this is one of the first films where he kind of got away from that Jim Halpert role and more into a John Krasinski actor, and I think, uh, you know, this film is all the better for it. What's your number one? My number one is Transformers.
0: Okay, so my mine is actually flip flopped. My number two is Transformers. So my number one is 13 Hours. So
1: See, uh, that that was it for a long time. And then I just remember Transformers and uh, I remember kind of what – like that first Transformers, how it made me feel and then what sparked from it and yeah.
0: I don't disagree with it because like Transformers was like one of those groundbreaking films at that time and it was fantastic. Uh-huh. And you're right. Like for 13 Hours, like without that movie, John Krasinski I don't think becomes what he is now. And, Not at all. Nope. And he is. I mean because I love Jack Ryan. I haven't got the chance to watch season two yet. I loved season one of it. I thought it was fantastic. But I think a lot of what he's done these days is a lot to do with that film. And that film is fantastic. There is very – and you were trying to describe it and I'm going to hit it with – but there was very – a lot of Michael Bay times in that movie. But at the same yes. time, there was a good movie within it. You still had your sparklers and everything in the background, but you did very much have – you know, a very good film within that film. So it's it's a fantastic film. I really liked the Thirteen Hours and Transformers. I think Transformers to me is just one of those films that when I went and saw it, I was like, "This is amazing." You know what I mean? And it might not be the perfect film, but I think just the sentiment value of what it brought to the table and what it brought to you know future movies and big time blockbusters. And I think what it did there was was magnificent as well.
1: I mean you can tell you can tell the difference Transformers 1 you can tell how how kind of grounded I mean it was still Michael Bay it still had all those Michael Bayisms um but you can tell kind of how grounded Transformers 1 it was versus Transformers 2 just in the trailer or not the trailer just in the posters yeah the poster for Transformers 1 is just Optimus Prime and it really I mean that's so much more telling than the poster for Transformers 2 that has explosions and people running around and everything in your face i mean the introduction of bumblebee was great just the introduction of transformers in general you know i I don't think honestly to be to be completely honest i don't think that there's anyone who could have done transformers in the way that he did and make it yeah i mean transformers is going to be transformers we saw with bumblebee that you can actually make a good movie out of it but i don't even think the bumblebee movie gets made if michael bay doesn't make this transformers i mean it's this is one of two films that I've rated higher than three stars giving this and 13 hours, uh, both four out of five stars. Um, and I think, you know, this is, this is kind of what catapulted Shia LaBeouf into that, you know, superstar action, the action hero type role. Um, you know, the, the kid from even Stevens is now the lead in the transformers movies, uh, apart from Megan Fox, one of the, most beautiful actresses of the time. And, uh, you know, I think this film, it, it really kind of, for me, it stands as test of time and it really is kind of groundbreaking for what it did, uh, what it did make on the blockbuster scale.
0: Yeah, I totally agree 100% with you there. Um, folks, do us a favor, head on over to Twitter and follow the uh, show at MCDI pod. Um, Head over to MusicCityDriveIn.com to check all our latest reviews and articles up there. I just dropped my top ten movies of the year on there. Check out our show sponsor at GeekVibesNation.com on Twitter at GeekVibesNation. Follow my partner here, Jacob, on Twitter at MCDI underscore Jacob. Follow myself at Valera underscore. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon.
1: And drive safe.